Hello everyone, welcome to Living Life. As we continue our daily devotions now, we look at uh, the biblical character Habakkuk. We have been meditating on the book of Job, but in a continuum, uh, the question remains the same. Like as Job, we see in Habakkuk the issue of God leaving this injustice alone. Uh, for Job's case, it was at the personal level. Now in this book, Habakkuk, it's at the national level. God, how could you leave this injustice and suffering without any actions? Why are you keeping yourself silent? So as we take a look in the book of Habakkuk, I hope that this meditation continues on in the issue why God is being silent in front of all this suffering and injustice and this punishment and this pain. Let's take a look in this book. Habakkuk chapter 1 verses 1 through 17 The prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. I am raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people, who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings not their own. They are a feared and dreaded people. They are a law to themselves and promote their own honor. Their horses are swifter than leopards, fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their cavalry gallops headlong. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle swooping to devour. They all come intent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind and gather prisoners like sand. They mock kings and scoff at rulers. They laugh at all fortified cities. By building earthen ramps, they capture them. Then they sweep past like the wind and go on, guilty people whose own strength is their God. Lord, are you not from everlasting? My God, my Holy One, you will never die. You, Lord, have appointed them to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? You have made people like the fish in the sea, like the sea creatures that have no ruler. 
The wicked foe pulls all of them up with hooks. He catches them in his net. He gathers them up in his dragnet, and so he rejoices and is glad. Therefore he sacrifices to his net and burns incense to his dragnet, for by his net he lives in luxury and enjoys the choicest food. Is he to keep on emptying his net, destroying nations without mercy? Now with the same issue as we saw in the book of Job, Habakkuk raises two factors in his question. The first being in verse 2, he says, How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen, or cry out to you violence, but you do not save? That's the first factor. How long? He's talking about the factor of time. How much more are we supposed to just wait and endure all this injustice and pain and suffering? Second is, why? In verse 3 it reads, Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrong? I mean, what's the reason behind this, Lord? Why are you doing this? Not just being silent, but as the, as the dialogue develops, you will see why are you raising the Babylonians to punish your people? It seems like they are more wicked than the wicked found in Judah, but yet your people are more righteous than they are. Then how could you use the more evil nation to punish your people? Why? So there's two factors. A time. How long? Second reason. Now, these two are very important for us to address as a question in order for us to understand. It's very important. In every situation or circumstances, we question this. Okay, how long are we supposed to wait? When is it? Second, why? That motivates us to comply. But here, God says in response in a different way. He does not clearly, in a clear-cut sense, answer to how long or why, but rather says this, found in verse 5, Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed, for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. And what is that? That he's going to raise the Babylonians to punish Judah. Now you will be surprised. It's an unordinary way of, of God acting out his punishment. I mean, I'd rather see God do justice by himself. But how could you raise the Babylonians? Lord God knew that people will be perplexed by the way God would work. But here, what does God do in order to reorient Habakkuk's frustration, confusion, and perplexity? Well, does he give a clear-cut answer? I don't think so. He says things indirectly. He does so to say two things. How long? Until the wickeds are punished. Until my punishment is fulfilled. Why? Because I hate wickedness. Based on that, what can we draw uh, from that two factors? Is that God will do justly and righteously according to his time plan. Second, he will punish all wickedness, no matter how he does it. The end of all the matter is that 
all evil will be purged according to his way. So based on that, how is Habakkuk going to understand all this? So we see, not in today's passage, uh, but in later verses, for example, in verse 4, chapter 2, God says in a short way, the righteous will live by his faith. Only those who believe in me will live through all this that's going to happen before you. Second, he says in verse 20, you will see a visual explanation of what's going to happen. And he says this, uh, the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. So in Hebrew, this word silent is written as hush, hush. <laughs> Just like we would say to noisy people and people who are making a fuss would say hush, especially children, right? Be quiet. So with all this uh, ruckus and all this chaos and all this uh, uh, fights that's happening between the wicked nations and be people being judged and being punished, what God says is be silent, hush. Why? For the Lord is in his throne room, sovereign over all situation, governing, governing all matters, and he is in control. So what God does in this dialogue is redirect Habakkuk's attention. He was so focused on how long and why. I can't understand this. But God says, trust me, for I am in my throne room, governing all these matters. It is going according to my very characteristic, which is I do not allow wicked go unpunished. And to that, I will do in accordance to what I do. So the issue is trust. Habakkuk has to trust God no matter what's going to happen in front of him. In reality, all the pain and suffering and a lot of people dying before him, even the nation of Judah being demolished and desolated, people being exiled, what God commands him is to be silent and trust me. That is why later in chapter 3, we see a very famous part of the passage Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. Now that expression only comes if you trust your Savior, Lord God Almighty. Without that, no one can ever say this confidently. And how about for all of us? The person who saved us is God himself through his son, Jesus Christ. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are able to open our mouth and say, I rejoice even in the midst of all the suffering and pain, for I know that God will deliver me. I hope that expression be true to you in your life, even though you go through all sorts of pain and suffering and all this perplexity that you have before you. Let your mouth shout out, I rejoice in my Lord, for my Lord is my Redeemer, my Savior. Let us pray. Father, Lord, I ask that you help us. Sometimes we are perplexed. We are so confused. But Lord God, you tell us to be silent, but yet trust in you. So Lord God, let that be imprinted on our hearts so that it could become true in our lives. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. For a single soul
Let's go.